This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. KWTX at four starts now. Thanks for joining us. I'm Justin Early here with Megan Boyd and Chief Meteorologist Brady Taylor. It's such a special day today because it doesn't feel like a million degrees. We have Stockholm syndrome with this yes, weather. Yes, we do. Yeah. And we're like a little bit of a break. It's amazing. We're I don't know. Never has 97 felt so good. But <laughs> it's true. enjoy it really tomorrow morning. That's when the coolest weather because, man, we're going to get whiplash because it's it's jumping yeah. right back up later this week. And yeah, yeah. And that's the, this is right into our daily four, actually. Is, this heat right. is the big topic for sure. Yeah, so if you look uh, on the whole global scape, uh, July is going to go down as the hottest July or hottest in 174 years. That's according to NOAA. Uh, the agency says that it's very likely July will turn out to be the warmest month since rep records were kept uh, back in 1850. Uh, so yeah, global surface temperature. Now this doesn't sound real bad, but 62.4 degrees was the average, but you're taking highs and lows and you got to mm -hmm. remember the southern hemisphere is in winter. Mm -hmm. So yeah. uh, that is uh, two degrees warmer than the 20th century average. Crazy. It really is bizarre. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, we understand this is global, but I, I feel like these stats came from Texas. We helped, it feels we helped like bump it. We that average up part. a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah we did, yeah. And, and, and you know, there, there's there's a lot of different angles you can go on it. Yes, we're, we're probably doing a lot to the atmosphere we shouldn't. Uh, there's also a lot more records that are being kept and mm. compared to 1850. You know, there's parts of the world that we can measure temperatures better as well. And typically, the summer months in the northern hemisphere end up warmer across the planet just because some of your bigger populations are in the northern hemisphere as well. So again, a lot of stuff that goes into it, but yeah, likely a record July for us. And we're now in a new weather pattern, right? We're in Yeah, so we're shifting now. to El Nino too, and when you look on the whole global scape, El Nino is usually warmer, but for Texas, it's usually better for us because El Nino doesn't affect our summers much, but it brings us usually wetter winters and springs. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, Fingers crossed on that one. Yeah. Well, thinking about you know greenhouse gases and rising temperatures, Texas will be home to one of two facilities in the U.S. meant to reduce greenhouse gas buildup. The Biden administration is kickstarting this U.S. carbon removal industry that's kind of ramping up. The Department of Energy has announced a $1.2 billion investment to suck carbon dioxide out of the air. This okay. is the future. The future is now. It does sound crazy. The money will fund two new direct air capture hubs in Texas and Louisiana, and they will build what are essentially huge vacuum cleaners that suck carbon dioxide out of the air, and then they're going to store it underground. What will we, that be used for? Well, it could be used for industrial materials like cement. No definitive word yet, but that's a possibility. The Department of Energy says this plan could remove the equivalent of nearly 500,000 gas cars off the road a year. Um, so that's kind of what they're going for. And this one in Texas, if you know, kind of Corpus Christi, uh, King Ranch, you know, south in Cleburne County, it's, it's kind of in that area just south of Corpus Christi. That's where it's going to be located. I don't know how it works. I'm not a scientist. Have either but of y'all seen Spaceballs? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's what it makes me they think of where they're vacuuming the That's home yeah. in the they desert. <laughs> right. They did. Big vacuum just sucking it out. That's what you thought of immediately. Yes, when I love that. that. Oh, my gosh. So if it helps. Don't jam the system. No. I could don't, go all day. Don't jam the system. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Jam. <laughs> oh, man, I have to go watch baseballs again. I know. It's a good one. We should all watch together. That's the number two in our daily four. Oh, more for me. I'm sorry. I was yes. like sitting over here waiting. So, all right. So this one's an interesting. So uh, more Americans are turning towards streaming services and apps to get their TV programming. Uh, and some of you watching right now, maybe watching on different platforms than what you ever have uh, back in the past. So combined 
broadcast, meaning over the air, and cable made up less than 50% of all TV viewing. And according to the July Nielsen rating numbers uh, breakdown, broadcast viewership, again, over the airs uh, of about 20% and cable making up uh, the other third of the audience. So year over year, that's a 5% drop in the over the air broadcast and a 12% drop in the cable. Now, meanwhile, streaming services grew to a record high of 39% uh, of all TV watching. Now, YouTube is where people turn to first, mm -hmm. and then this is where this is where the big changes are. Netflix, Hulu is where you go to next. Now, doesn't mean people aren't watching television. Again, we appreciate you watching. It's just now everybody can get it from so many different devices, right. and uh, that that's the big thing that's changing now. It's where do you get your information? And how are you watching? Because I mean, I, I don't, I don't have cable or Dish Network or DirecTV. I watch with Hulu on mine, but I still, you know, watch um, the. But yeah, it's it's interesting, and I have a 15-year-old, and it's interesting watching his, you know, how he decides to watch and all that kind of stuff. So for us, we have something called KWT Extra. It's mm -hmm. our live stream. We work with it a lot, but at the same time, you're watching us kind of on the air. It's also being simulcast on the stream, yeah. so you can find it there too. And you can get that in a lot of different places. Yeah, uh, it has original programming along with our newscasts, and you can get it either in the app on your phone or your tablet, and then. The streaming devices, Roku, Amazon Fire Stick, and Apple TV. Just search right. for KWTX or KWT Extra and you'll find it there. And that's how I watch it too. When I, I go was going to say, yeah, shows. I have a Roku TV. I know you mm -hmm. do as well. And I love watching our app on and, there. It's very you know, cool. And then there's going to be, here in the next few years, you're going to have another big change with where you, you can watch over the air and that stream can actually make it act like a smart TV. Mm -hmm. So there, there's all kinds of new changes and stuff wow. going on with that. But yeah, the smart TVs, your phone, your apps, all that. Yeah, both boys to get it. I'll just say that I haven't quite figured out where I want to be. I have cable. I have so many streaming <laughs> yes. platforms. I think we I pay have... more now for that than we yes. ever do for cable. I think and so it's too. like we spend so much time trying to decide what to watch every night because there's too many There's too many things yeah. out there. We have all the things and yeah. it's too much. I, yeah, no, after you. I would say I miss the days of you know, seven o'clock on a Thursday, and we got to get together right. and watch yeah, you know, Survivor or something thing. like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. and you know, I had to. We had to put aluminum foil on the antennas <laughs> of our TVs when I was a kid. Not only that, we had a big pole with a huge yep. antenna. I lived yep. way in the country. Turn it a little bit. No, no, no. The other you way. stopped at saying, "Turn it to yeah, the right. Yeah. I want to watch KJ or whatever channel in Tulsa we were trying to see." That's what I used to have to get up and change the channel on the TV at our house when I was little because we didn't even have a remote. That's how from like the three channels we got. You don't have to deal with this. Old man's old man problems. All right, now number three in our daily four. Speaking of, how about an old lady, we'll say. <laughs> Over the next couple of days, moving off of the Baylor campus, guys, is Judge Lady. They uh, shared this photo on the Baylor Bears Instagram page. You guys may recognize it. It's mm -hmm. like Taylor Swift's yes, uh, concert album of you know, her era's tour. They're saying she's entering her retirement era. Earlier this year, this video was shared. This was her getting her diploma Aww. from the president. So basically, this means that Judge <laughs> Lady is going to an off-campus sanctuary where she is going to live out her life yes. in a very grand manner. They've right. been putting a lot of money and investment into this off-campus facility for her. That's where she will live. These are photos of her as a baby. But we know those Baylor Cubs are going to be making their mm. way to campus soon as well. So but of change in the Bears happening yeah, I, on campus here in the next I've few I've been days. awake long enough. I remember when they brought the the Bears to Floyd Casey. Oh, wow. On the sidelines. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. That's right. So I'm dating myself a little days. bit there, yeah. Well, she'll have a grand retirement in <laughs> Boca Raton, right. I'm guessing, in this <laughs> condo <laughs> right. by the beach, something along those lines. Yeah, it's going to be nice. We'll sad to see her go, but the new Cubs will be on the way. Exactly. Soon, I know so. a lot of people are excited to see those little <laughs> babies come in. Yeah, and cute pictures already. We're seeing right. And students are returning this week to mm -hmm. campus, so I'm sure there will be a lot yeah. of buzz around the Baylor <laughs> 
habitat yeah. as new kids make their way to campus. It's great. All right, number four on a daily four, sorry. sorry. Well, speaking of Taylor Swift, right, that uh, photo looks <laughs> a lot like her album cover, but Taylor Swift's amazing success and broad appeal is honestly worth studying, mm -hmm. and a university in Belgium thinks that her lyrics are worth studying too. The school is launching a new literature course dedicated to the literary merit of Taylor Swift's discography. The course is called Literature Taylor's Version, which is a nod to her re-recorded album titles, but this is gonna be available to all students at that university this fall. And the professor's blog called Swiftature compares the pop star's songs to writers like Sylvia Plath, Charles Dickens, and William Shakespeare. So she's gonna use Swift's work to engage with literature from the medieval period all the way to the Victorians, as well as the work of contemporary authors. So basically they're saying that studying what Taylor Swift is doing is like looking into Shakespeare. You gotta give some of the other people that write with her a little credit on that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's 100% all, I mean, I don't know if there's a pop artist out there that writes all their stuff, but you know, I mean, it's be interesting. I mean, she does get a lot of credit for a lot yeah. of her songs. Yeah, yeah. She does write a lot of them. Yeah, no, I, I know she does write a lot, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know. And this actually isn't the first university to do this. <laughs> Uh, UT in Austin has a course as well for uh, Taylor Swift. What are some other, you know, performers, bands, whatever you think of that have great enough lyrics to create a course based on them? This like maybe sounds wrong, but like I feel like the rap culture, those lyrics, I'm always, if you ever actually like look down and listen to the way they come up with them, I'm always fascinated by those. The Beatles have some. The Beatles have several already oh. courses out there sure. and those would be interesting people just love the Beatles and they are you know really ahead of their time with regard to the lyrics fascinating bizarre unusual mm -hmm. offbeat and there's a reason behind it so I think that's great too you know and like you're saying that just studying how she is there's very few people that you don't find something negative on or can do a tour like that yeah. and have that right. crazy of a following so pretty yeah. cool and also uh, creating a great economic benefits in each community oh gosh, she visits yes. and earthquakes yeah. as, also as well in Seattle. <laughs> yeah. so it's it's interesting. Yeah, we I, I would take that course. I would, what do they call it? Um, when you just take it to get the knowledge, but you, you uh, audit. I would audit that course. Oh, there you I'd go. audit it. All right, well, coming up, lots more here on this show. The options for sugar substitutes are unlimited, it seems. Which ones are considered the healthiest, though? Love doctor's advice on artificial sweeteners right after this. For people trying to improve their health, cutting back on sugar is an option to consider. But the information surrounding sugar alternatives can be confusing. Yeah, here to help us better understand how sugar substitutes affect our bodies is Dr. Jocelyn Wilson from the Baylor Scott and White Waco Clinic. I want to thank you for being here and talking to us about this. So first off, we're going to talk about sugar in general. Uh, why might it be a good idea to cut down on sugar intake, generally speaking? Generally, we try to avoid sugar because um, in the American diet, we tend to just not notice how much we're getting. We get too much, and too much sugar can just increase our chances of developing um, diabetes, weight gain, and all the medical conditions associated with not being at your healthy weight. Sure. I want to talk to you about aspartame. It's yes. a substitute that we hear a lot about, but recently the World Health Organization published a study and I'm just trying to make sure I get it right here, the <laughs> yes. dangers associated with it. Can you talk about what they found in that study? Yes, of course. They re released their risk and hazard assessment. So in the risk and hazard assessment, what they found was that there was a insufficient amount of evidence. So the assessment officially is that it's the connection to causing cancer is not proven. So it has been assessed as a possible carcinogen. So again, which that little 
comet, possible carcinogen, but there's insufficient evidence to prove causality. Wow. All right, two-part question here. First, yes. some, what are some products that contain aspartame? And secondly, what are some good alternatives if there are any? So first, which products? So the products are everywhere, as we can see in diet sodas, chewing gum, packets of sugar alternatives. Other things, for example, are like cough medicines, cough drops, mm. gum, you know, other types really? of gum, certain types of um, sugar-free products, so let's say ice cream or yogurt. So lots of things have sugar alternatives like aspartame. And as far as alternatives go, are there any that you are better than others, any that are good, good alternatives? As a family medicine physician, I would say limiting natural sugars. Okay. I feel like, you know, as a source of simple carbohydrates, sugar from fruit, sugar from other things, but I don't technically recommend sugar alternatives. Like okay. sometimes diabetics will try to have sugar-free sodas, but I would always say no. Yeah. Okay, to good to know. Now the U.S. Food and Drug Administration said some aspartame is okay if you follow certain guidelines. Can you tell us what those guidelines are? Yes. So. The WHO assessment was, in con was consistent with the FDA guidelines, meaning that, for example, um, a 70 kilogram, 150 pound person shouldn't, should get less than 3,000 milligrams. And so for a point of reference, a soda will have 200, 300 milligrams. So meaning if you're not having nine to 14 sodas a day, mm -hmm. then you would not get close to the amount that's the limit. So again, there's a potential carcinogen, and so you'd have to have a lot, a lot of sugar packets, a lot of yogurt, a lot of ice cream to reach the amount. So generally, the thought is with the amounts that aspartame that are in the products we as Americans consume, you're not likely to get 3,000 milligrams in a day. Although some people do drink a lot of soda. That's, true. This is, that's why I was clear yeah, about the soda. Good, that's good. What, what about you know kids? Are there any particular guidelines for aspartame or any other artificial sweetener when it comes to children? Um, I will repeat what I was saying earlier. I'm never going to recommend a sugar substitute. I would say that if you are able to be aware, read labels, any, any adult, any adult caring for children, what's in this? How much sugar, how much salt, how much cholesterol? And if it has an artificial sugar, how much? And so I would say for children, I would not recommend it at all. Okay. But if you're reading labels, you can see like, no, I'm not getting anywhere near too much. Yeah. Sure, you mentioned soda a lot. Would it be your recommendation to just cut out soda altogether? I know that no one likes to hear that. I'm a big fan of water and unsweet tea. Maybe like Arnold Palmer, lemonade and unsweet sure. tea. But traditionally, if you're trying to avoid soda, like a regular soda, regular sugar, can have like 30 grams of sugar in it. And so a sugar guidelines, American Heart Association, you know, 25, 35 grams of regular sugar a day. So water really is best. Yeah, um, you know, for people who are thinking about going off sugar completely, mm -hmm. what are the benefits? It's hard. People do it, it in January so sometimes. <laughs> yeah, people will try. And so I want to say, you know, as a source of carbohydrates, if you think of simple carbohydrates being sugar and then um, starches, complex carbohydrates, and fiber, I don't think people should not have sugar. I'm just saying that people should have sugar from fruit, yeah. things like that. And exactly. so, so meaning I'm not saying no sugar, but the more you're aware of it, you can be like, there are so many sugars and so many things. Yeah. So focusing on drinking mostly water, having your sugar coming from fruit yeah. mm -hmm. would be a start. But sure. I wouldn't say no sugar. Yeah, right. biggest takeaway, natural better than processed or anything like right. that or, or alternative. Thank you so much, Doctor. We appreciate you coming and all your advice today. Thank you. Of course. Thank you.